Uh, Cindy, you mentioned you might have a good joke for us. Is that true? I have the perfect joke, Benji. Hit it. What did the mommy tomato say to the baby tomato? Oh, mommy tomato, baby tomato. I don't know what. Ketchup. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rhymes with Decora, a companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm your host, Benji Nichols. We are here to tell you bad jokes with excellent guests. That's a good joke. That's not even a bad joke. My guest today, Cindy Goodner. Cindy, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks for pulling off the joke, too. I, you know, I just kind of threw that out there, and that was a that was a solid response. I'm a huge fan of, of like um, questionable. Uh, humor. Not questionable, but just, you know, dad jokes. That's great. Cheesy well, jokes. I'm not good at jokes, so that was a minor miracle. <laughs> Welcome, Cindy. Uh, today's guest on our show here uh, rhymes with Decora. Cindy Goodner, the development director of the Seed Savers Exchange. Uh, Cindy, it's amazing to have you here. Uh, the other part of your current life that we'll mention right off the top is uh, vice president of the Decora School Board. That's correct. What a combination. And mom to two teenagers, <laughs> actually technically two teenagers now. So that's never incredible. a dull moment. Here we are, uh, spring of 2023, and uh, what an exciting time to uh, be here and have you on the show. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. So the way this show generally works, uh, we kind of start at the top. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I'll throw out there immediately, uh, Seed Savers Exchange, just outside of Decora, seedsavers.org, a favorite place of mine and Aaron's. Uh, we may have been married there many years ago under the old oak tree. Uh, lots of friends, lots of connections to Seed Savers and uh, their founders and all sorts of folks. So really fun. I look forward to unpacking some of that. But before we get to Seed Savers, uh, I want to hear your story. Tell me, tell me more. Where'd you grow up? My story. I grew up on a four-generation family farm west of Cresco. And actually, my youngest sister is the fifth generation she farms with with my family today, she and she and her husband. So I grew up on a farm that managed um, both conventional crops and livestock, and that was really formative um, in my childhood. I um, married my high school boyfriend, Andy Goodner, and the two of us um, left Cresco. And we used to joke that the last place that we would ever live was Decora. <laughs> and you know why? <laughs> we said that because we both went to undergrad at Iowa State University, and it took a really long time to get to Interstate 35. But look where we ended I, I up. totally understand. Decora. <clears throat> I love um, it. I love it. So... Um, I you, you know Aaron's from Postville, right? Uh, she went no, to high, she went to high school that. in Postville. Yeah, absolutely. And they grew up outside of uh, the, the Frankville out in the sticks. Um, and uh, she, it's funny, you know, that story is is a fun one. I think there it's are a, a lot thing. of people who found it. Yeah, it's a yeah, thing. Absolutely. Um, what a what a cool place to grow up on a fourth generation family farm. It was a very cool place. So my my dreams leaving the farm was to become an elementary school teacher. So oh, wow. Um, I started my career as a fourth grade teacher and um, followed Andy around as he completed his schooling and education. And then um, 
after he finished his training, he's a family physician here in Decorah. We landed in a small town in the middle of Iowa, Iowa Falls. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, so at, at that time that we arrived in Iowa Falls, I became a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I had, you know, we have two children, so I stayed home to um, help care for them. But I also was caring for Andy because he was in his first years as a practicing family physician in oh rural Iowa. Yeah. What an adventure. Um, this, so, was, this was, what, uh, 15 years ago? Something right yeah, there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Makes yep. sense. Yep. 15 yeah. years ago. Exactly. Wow. Um, so. <laughs> Where did he do his, uh, did he do all of his schooling in Iowa or elsewhere? Yes. Undergrad at Iowa State and medical school at the University of Iowa. Sure. Okay. So you did get a little both of the state schools. Got both. I don't want to, I wasn't going to ask, but you know. We got, well, I didn't attend the <laughs> University of Iowa, but I right. certainly flashed my <laughs> Iowa State uh, swag in Iowa City, which got <laughs> some hate, but. <laughs> I, I, I promised you we wouldn't bring politics into this podcast, so. Yeah. Hot issue. I love it. I love it. Um, both great schools. Absolutely. So during the during that time period that I was a stay-at-home mom, I kind of accidentally got involved in a, on a committee that <laughs> was... Um, That's a good phrase. Accidentally involved in a committee. That's like the story know, of committee work, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? And given the fact, I was... A, so the committee was um, a committee formed to start dreaming of how to make a bicycle trail possible in Iowa Falls. Yeah. And as a stay-at-home mom, I had the time and capacity, and I was really actually pretty hungry to dig into something mm -hmm. outside of my laundry room. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was a really great fit. And to be honest, we, and Benji, with your role on the park board, you know how scarce funding is for, for new projects like that. Oh, it's wild. It yeah. is wild. So, yeah. um, you know, in a matter of a few years... Myself and other volunteers were able to put together funds that we leveraged for state and federal funds to build a five-mile bicycle trail in Iowa Falls. And we also helped get organized for a county rail trail that stretches 34 miles between Steamboat Rock and Marshalltown, Iowa. Yeah, so, it's a cool trail. You know, at, as a stay-at-home mom at my kitchen table... With the help of volunteers, we raised over a million dollars, and That's that was awesome, really exciting, and that inspired me to um, continue my path in development work. Oh, what a cool! Yeah, absolutely. I, that was actually one of my questions, but so that was kind of one of the things that sparked you into doing development work. I would say it was more of getting hoodwinked into <laughs> development work, not not just a spark, but I um, got, and I think that that's typical of development professionals, that sure. it's yes. it's common to have a non-traditional career path. Well, and I'll say, I mean, I've known several people in that world, and it's obvious when, when someone is good at that world, they're coming from an authentic place. It doesn't work unless you're coming from an authentic place. Yeah. And, and so that Absolutely. makes sense. I mean, if you if you get your feet under you learning by doing in something you're passionate about, that that works, right? Yeah. Uh, I also just have to say a tiny shout out. I have been to Iowa Falls. I've spent a little bit of time there. Um, I did the Leadership Iowa program a couple of years ago, and one of our sessions was in Iowa Falls. It was not a super con uh, conducive time of year to take in the trail. I think it was midwinter. Um, but we spent a little time, and it was actually really fun, really interesting. Right. 
Yeah. It's a special community. It is. Yeah. Central Iowa and absolutely. And, and I also, I mean, boy, and a whole other show, um, but I can't imagine some of the challenges of getting that project done specifically in central Iowa. Um, you know, just with, I know how hard it can be here with, you know, land use and getting people to agree mm-hmm. for recreation, some of those things. And that's, that is definitely the heart of Iowa farming country. So. Yeah. It was, it was exciting and it, it really helped me fall in love with helping people find joy for their support, both oh, yeah. financially and with their time. And, um, we had all, all the right people with their hearts in the right places to, and County Board of Supervisors and city councils that helped yeah, that's incredible. all of those things come together. Very it's cool. A special Very cool. time. What a cool project. Okay. So you're there, um, how how do you end up back in the place you were pretty sure you weren't going to end up back in? Because of the Trout Run Trail. <laughs> Honestly. So I had spent oh eight gosh. years fundraising for bike trails. Yeah. Andy needed a break, um, tired from work. So I said, guess what? Let's go on a little biking tour. So we went up and awesome. we stayed in Lanesboro and biked the Root River Trail. Oh, yeah. And then growing up in Cresco, we never stayed yeah. at the Hotel Wynn. Yeah. Right? Because we lived in the area. So we stayed at the Hotel Wynn. We biked the trail. We checked out Toppling Goliath, which was, you know, in its first location yep. at that time. Yep, on the west side. Yes, a lot of good time we spent had, there. We had dinner at La Rana, <laughs> and we both were filled with this overwhelming sense of what a great community. Um, so we grew up coming to Decorah, but coming back as an adult, we had a different perspective. And I think the town had changed a bit too, but oh, for, we really, for sure. yes. we felt like everything that we needed was here yeah. with incredible opportunities for our kids as well. So awesome. It was a it was really a, a short amount of time that that we found our way here. Yeah. Um, this show is about you, not me, but I'll, I have to tell a quick story. And I think if you were to taken a poll in my high school class of the least likely people to end up back in Decora, I would have been fairly top to the close, you know, the list. <laughs> uh, and I will say, as someone who ended up back here uh, by choice. Um, it's been an incredible period of time to be here in Northeast Iowa. Uh, and, and it's really, I love hearing people's stories. Um, we, I try to tell as many kind of boomerang stories as I can. Um, and even just here in Iowa and Northeast Iowa specifically, because we are so removed from the rest of the state in a lot of ways. And I do a lot of work on the state level with different groups and organizations. And, um, Everybody knows Decora. Everybody knows Northeast Iowa. But you say Northeast Iowa, and people are like, "Yeah, I was just in Cedar Rapids," and you're like, "That's nice. That's two <laughs> hours from Northeast Iowa. Like, you're not even close." Uh, so it's always a really interesting thing for me. But I love hearing those stories of how people um, find their way here or find their way back here because it's really, uh, I think, it's important to what we're doing here. Yeah, the, <laughs> for sure. The area is is really a treasure in the state of Iowa. One of the other stories we should tell pretty quickly. So you found your way back you're f- with your family, which is an amazing story. Um, was there more to that story of actually deciding, hey, we're gonna we're gonna move here, or is that kind of how it happened? Well, um, at the time, Andy was looking for a professional move. Mm-hmm. Um, the Winnesheek Medical Center and their connection to the Mayo Clinic was really special. Um, and let's be honest, my parents live 40 miles away. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that was that was a, a big bonus to come back to the nest, so to speak. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's cool. So I have to, I can try and do quick math in my head. But so you started working at Seed Savers Fairly, pretty shortly after you got here, yeah. yeah, or not? I mean, you've been there how many, how many years? Several years. Eight years. Eight years. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. I was hired um, within the first year that we moved here. Awesome. And um, 
again, that was a serendipitous moment. We, the first summer that we um, had moved to Decorah, Greg Brown performed at yeah. Seed Savers Exchange at one of his benefit concerts, which the concert, the benefit concerts at Seed Savers Exchange are magic. Yeah. If you haven't been to one of those, um, I can say, I think at this point that it's supposed to, I, the, the plans are in place for it to come back this summer, if I understand correctly. And uh, I have another show. It's going to be coming up soon. We're going to talk a little about that. But uh, it is top five Northeast Iowa experiences. If it's you want. special. Yeah. So I felt the magic yeah. and it, as an attendee at that concert. And, you know, that was our first visit to Seed Savers Exchange. I oh did not goodness. I did not know of the work of Seed Savers Exchange wow. before moving to Decorah, despite growing up in Northeast Iowa. Yeah. Um, yeah, soon after there was just an entry-level position in, in the membership and development department, and I thought, gosh, I've been doing this work for free for right. eight years. Right. I can totally do this. <laughs> um, and the rest is history. And I'm really excited to um, continue to be with the organization and now in the role of development director because I, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of really good things to come. I think it's really interesting in our region. It's probably true in most regions, but in this region specifically, you have two or three or four, or maybe a few more, but, but really um, grassroots but large impact uh, organizations, mm-hmm. like when you look at social organiza- uh, businesses, but based around social organizations. So Seed Savers is one of them. Um, Kent and Diane Wheelie's story is incredible, Diane at Wheelie, uh, which if things work out, I think Diane and I might chat on this show at some point. I'm excited to make that happen. Um, their story is absolutely incredible. And the work that Seed Savers has done is is just amazing. Um, talk about an entity with a long tail, but also an entity that couldn't be more appropriately placed with the challenges we're facing in our world to me. Absolutely. It's just incredible. And, and that wasn't necessarily on purpose per se, right? Like Seed Savers is not an environmental organization. They're not out there <laughs> fighting climate change, et cetera, et cetera. As you see certain organizations who go out and try and raise money, but you've been doing this for 30 plus years in the way to save, uh, um, you know, the basis of what agriculture is uh, based off of. Absolutely. Seed, it's incredible work. So for those of you unfamiliar with the story, Seed Savers Exchange began with two family seeds yeah. and then a group of friends sharing seeds and now has grown into... Truly grassroots. A like, grassroots yeah. collection of over 20,000 varieties. That's the largest in, yeah. in the United States and, and globally significant. Yeah. So... What started as a really, and what it still is today, a gardener-to-gardener seed swap, gardening with open-pollinated seeds that can be grown to seed seed maturity and saved and grown again the next year, um, is it's really special, and it and it's possible to, you know, do something good for the planet. Yeah, gardening is a great entry point to gardening is a spectacular entry point. <laughs> and gardening is popular, <laughs> right? Benji, um, since the height of we the were, pandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about this. Since the height of the pandemic, people are gardening. You know, during the year of 2020, many people were home a lot more, started gardening. We've seen record engagement since. And um, one thing that, that I'm excited for us as an organization to dig into more is to just talk about how gardening is the perfect way for everybody to do something good for the world. Yes. Um, you can plant lettuce seeds and have food in 30 days. Yeah, on, your win- on your windowsill. On your windowsill. 
And that connection, that reconnection with our food system can have a rippling consumer effect and for both physical and mental wellness. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to share my garlic story because it's right on point. Perfect. And we're going to talk a little more. Cindy Goodner, thank you for being here. Development Director for the Seed Savers Exchange. Uh, Also the Vice President of Decor School Board. We're going to get to all that in a little bit here in the second half of the show. And we'll be right back. It's Rhymes with Decora. Thanks for listening. This is Erin Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And the voice of Erin Henning Nichols, the founder chief editor of Inspired Magazine, my partner in life and business. Find out all about it at iloveinspired.com. That's where uh, all the magic happens. We're on stands all across the region, a quarterly magazine. Uh, Check it all out. And thanks for being here and listening. My guest today, Cindy Goodner, development director at Seed Savers. Uh, Okay, Cindy, are you ready for a little garlic story? I would love a garlic story. (laughs) So we bought our house, uh, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago now on the uh, east side of Decora. Uh, and we bought our house. I don't think they mind us saying, uh, from Mark and Britt Rhodes, who a few folks might know, uh, that are listening to the show. So Mark is a school teacher has been for many years. And with that job, as you well know, um, I'm not going to say that teachers get the summer off, but I will say that teachers have a different type of summer, right? Than most people. So with a lot of Mark's time in the summers, especially when the kids were younger, he gardened a ton. So when we moved in and bought our house, it was March. Uh, and, and, um, we couldn't really see exactly where the garden was or how big it was, but we knew it was there. And Mark just said, well, and the garlic's in the ground. So, um, I don't know, see what happens. You know, I'll get some if I want it, whatever. So the garlic came up in the spring and grew all summer. And I learned very quickly how to raise garlic and ask some friends and whatever. And it's really one of the easiest things in the world to grow. Unless I hope you enjoyed the garlic scapes in the spring. Yes, absolutely. I may, and we make pesto and I roast stuff in. Anyway, so uh, for 17 years now, I've been growing the garlic that we inherited from Mark with the house, which I'm fairly certain was um, like a German pink from Seed Savers, which is super fun. So that's special. Yeah. If anybody wants to learn how to grow garlic, just um, give me a shout. Maybe we'll do a show about it. (laughs) (laughs) But that is, uh, you know, and if you want to learn, you can go to the Seed Savers website, seedsavers.org. There's actually a whole bunch of really cool articles you can read on the website and learn about all sorts of cool stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Seed Savers Exchange currently, I mean, in your world, I mean, you work as sort of um, to help steward the group as a, as in general, right? And help create the resources that do all of their work. Um, what, how, what are the best ways for people to connect with Seed Savers if that is something that they're interested in or haven't really ever dug into? I'm going to give think? you my top two recommendations. Yes. First of all, I encourage anyone that's interested in the work of Seed Savers Exchange to become a member. At seedsavers.org, you can sign up to become a paperless member, or we have other levels as well. And you can receive our quarterly magazine, The Heritage Farm Companion, and get 
emails and updates and stay informed on the important preservation work of Seed Savers Exchange. Another way to um, be engaged and help our efforts is to participate in our exchange. Yes. The Gardener to Gardener Seed Swap that began when Kent and Diane started Seed Savers Exchange in 1975 is still going today. And we encourage gardeners from across the United States to list and request seeds from our exchange. It's open to everyone and it's free. You just have to connect with who. And that's not only Seed Savers Exchange offers over 5,000 varieties from our bank through that program, but there's other gardeners that are sharing homegrown seeds um, that you can connect with as well. And you just have to pay a small nominal fee to cover postage. It's a really beautiful thing. It is an absolutely incredible network of people. Um, And if you want to talk about diversity and um, finding a thread to connect people from across the United States, I can't really imagine a better one. Uh, It is really amazing. It's a beautiful mess. It is. It is absolutely incredible. I mean, I think about things like the the Orchard Project at Seed Savers, which is like a whole other thing. Like if you want a a reason to visit the farm, go to the farm in the fall and walk through the orchard. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. The hiking trails alone at the farm are worth it. The trout stream, et cetera. I'm going to give you another pro tip, Benji. Yes, please. Um, I also encourage you to visit our apple orchards in May. Of course. Specifically the second week in May when most of our trees are in bloom. It's a really beautiful time. Absolutely. That's an even better suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) But some of those resources, right? I know one of the other projects, just one of the the side projects, right, that I read about last year that was going on was like with um, heritage uh, greens, right, Mm -hmm. that were being grown and farmers from across the South who were connecting uh, on like different greens projects, Yeah, specifically heirloom colored varieties. Yeah, I mean, just incredible work on Mm -hmm. on so many different fronts, but all, you know, from right here in Northeast Iowa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another connection, I'll just throw out there random just because the, the Cresco connection too. I mean, I think one of the other, and now this is not a seed savers connected necessarily, but the fact that, you know, the, the Norman Borlaug is from mm-hmm. Cresco mm-hmm. and the farm is there and exists. That is actually another series I'm hoping to do at some point this summer. I have a real passion for um, baking and small mm-hmm. grains work. Mm-hmm. So that's some other stuff we're going to do. But, uh, you know, there's, there are just some, some people like to talk about how important agriculture is in Iowa, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes people forget what all that looks like. Absolutely. Uh, and what has come from Northeast Iowa yeah. and continues to. So yeah. it's, uh, it's very, very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, for sure. So that's your, pref- you know, your professional career, uh, quote, my day quote job. unquote, right. Your day job, uh, which is also an amazing group of people. Shout out. You mentioned the, the quarterly companion magazine at Seed mm-hmm. Savers. Uh, we have to give that crew a big shout out cause we work with them quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick and Sarah and everybody there do an amazing job, mm-hmm. uh, and are some of our favorite folks, uh, also in the print publication world here in, uh, in our part of the, of the world. So shout out to them as well. Uh, but yeah, so Seed Savers is your day job. Uh, your other day job <laughs> is a, a lot of professional experience of working on boards, uh, but mostly in the volunteer aspect, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I want to run down because I always do a little sleuthing when I have guests on. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, when you're in central Iowa, you became the board chair of the Hardin County Trails mm-hmm. organization. That's right? correct. And a couple of other things here. When you got to Winnesheet County, you've served on the Winnesheet County CVB board, mm-hmm. which has now merged a little bit. Tourism's done a little bit differently than it used to be. You're a member of the Decorah Chamber of Commerce board, mm-hmm. which is a rocking board. It I is. will say right now it is, it, uh, our, our, 
uh, county development chamber tourism organization is running, I think, as strong as it ever has. There's some amazing leadership there. They have a dream team. Yes. Uh, and I am um, incredibly grateful for that. But obviously, they also have a board, uh, which uh, takes professionals like yourselves for um, you know advice and structure. Uh, and there's some great people on that board. Uh, so thanks for being willing to serve on that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, so my role on the chamber board, I'm representing Seed Savers Exchange as sure. a supporting business outside of city limits. But um, my compliments to Jessica Rilling and and team for all that they do to support our Decora area business community. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of just really, I, I just have to. I mean, a lot of outside the box thinking, a lot of really reaching for resources, making the most of what we have. Um, just some really great stuff going on there, and and uh, great partnerships too. Absolutely, all sorts of entities. So the other big one uh, is that you were elected to the Decora School Board. Uh, here a year and a half ago. That's correct. That right? About that's correct. Wow. Uh, thank you. I think is the first response. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I am. Um, this is a tricky time for schools, as you know. Yeah. And yes. I, what? being elected to the Decorah School Board is is one of the things that I'm most proud of because, really, in from my perspective, there's nothing more important. There really isn't. Yeah, absolutely. As the parent of a 10-year-old, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's been really fascinating. You know, you grow up in an area and you kind of get an experience, uh, especially as a young person, then you leave. And coming back to an area, I love to say, it, quote unquote, as an adult, um, is one of my favorite phrases because like you start to realize how things work, right? Mm -hmm. Aaron, okay, I hate it's too strong a word. Aaron does not like it when I say this. 90%, I've learned this from experience, of local politics and by politics, I just mean boards, organizations, whatever. 90% is someone showing up. Mm -hmm. And someone can be anyone. And sometimes is anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you care enough to be involved and get involved and be on mm -hmm. a board or run for something, mm -hmm. the people who are going to be running it are whoever shows up. That's correct. I think it is. Not everybody agrees with me, and that's okay. Um, so when we see great, uh, engaged people run for those offices, we're very thankful. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the school board thing is really tricky. And I promised you, you know, we, we are not going to dabble into politics here. Specifically, we're not going to do those things. Um, I know. Well, and school board is a non-political position. Correct. Yes, it is. a it, it, And as it should be. And right. my goodness, in a year, I'll tell you where a, a park rec race can almost become political. You know. you know, you're in a special time. <laughs> it's a in, special time. In the world. It's a unique time. But one of the questions that Aaron would ask you, I know, is... Because we talk about this a lot, and especially as being young parents in general, especially as being uh, the uh, care provider in a family, right? Um, the schedules, the hours disappear quickly, and the priorities are often hard to 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 you know figure out what is most important because it's all important, right? How did you decide to run for school board? Why why put yourself out there? Mm -hmm. I decided to run. Um in the late summer, early fall of 2021. And that was a time when we were at the past, you know, past the height of the pandemic. And I felt like things were complicated and tricky. And I felt with you know, my whole heart and my whole, my whole mind that 
I could help and I wanted to help. And I felt like I had a mix of being, you know, raised on a conventional family farm, being a public school teacher. I felt like I had a a really a good mix of experiences. Truly. Um, I'm the only female currently on the board. I felt like it was important to have multiple perspectives and I, I felt like I could bring a balanced approach to the, the position. So I'm, um, it's been a busy year and a half Yeah, (laughs) Um, to say that lightly, but, but I'm really proud to be in that, in that role. It's funny. And I've maybe said this before on the show. I don't remember where we would have been talking about it, but uh, also actually through my leadership, I will work. We do a whole session uh, each year. the, The organization does on education and how education works. Right. And I always tell people, and I I certainly am not an expert. I don't have a deep understanding. But if you want to look at things you could be involved in, like I spent 10 years on our planning and zoning commission, you don't really have to know anything to be on P&Z. It helps if you can look at things calmly and clearly and follow city code and do those things. But, you know, you don't need a deep background. Uh, City council is a lot more complicated. Budgets are hard, all those things. But I don't know if there is a more complicated entity than a school board. (laughs) <laughs> the, the things you have to learn, like where funding comes from for schools is wildly complicated. Uh, and I think most people don't understand that. You know? I, I agree with that. I think most people don't understand unless you are in a management role within a school district, like right. a chief financial um, officer or the superintendent of schools. Um, or on a school board. Or on a school board, <laughs> precisely. So I'm just beginning to, I mean, I'm, I'm a little deeper than scratching the surface, but yes, I have, I it's going to take years to learn the, yeah. the intricacies and the, yeah. the ins when, and outs of the different funding pools that help make public education possible. Definitely. And I think the reason it's important to me is this, that like information is knowledge, right? So like once you understand how schools are funded and where and why, some of the political arguments that get made in this day and age become less or more important. Uh, Cause it's really funny when you see certain entities to be like, well, we're going to pull the school funding. And it's like, you don't fund, you fund like 3% of school funding. Like, okay, take it. Like who cares? Like <laughs> you make your political point. Anyway, there's some of those things, if you understand them better, like it just gives you more context. So I think it's, it's interesting. And um, I don't expect normal people to like get excited about that and run out and learn, but I do uh, find hope in having folks like yourself that are willing to do it um, and having others that'll support you, you know, thank you. So that's a, it's a good thing. What's one of the best things that's come out of your first year and a half on school board? What's been something that's kind of been a bright star or a well, shining light? To be honest, I'm really proud that our board unanimously um, voted to hire Dr. Tim Cronin as superintendent. Yeah. Um, he comes with a wealth of experience and expertise, and I think that he's he's here at the at the perfect time. So that's, that's something that I'm proud of that will last. I'm hoping years and years into yeah, the future. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, it's very, uh, very exciting. Leadership is important in any entity and, uh, that's, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, I don't want to backtrack too far, but I am going to put a little shout in here, uh, towards the end of our show. Uh, speaking of leadership, one of the next shows coming up, uh, is actually with a good friend of mine and the new, new-ish <laughs> executive director of Seed Savers Exchange, uh, Mr. Mike Bollinger. Absolutely. Uh, who's a good friend. Mike and Katie are both friends of ours. And so if folks are interested, uh, keep an ear out because I believe that'll be the next show after this one. Uh, which is going to be good. 
So, um, Cindy, is there anything else you want to touch on that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Because I have a couple quick questions for you, but they're more fun. Well, connected to school board, um, one thing that I do want to share with you and your audience is how important it is right now to thank and show gratitude and support our public school teachers. Yes. I think that we all know how complicated the last several years have been. I anticipate that things will be... um, complicated into the time to come. And I I just want our local teachers, specifically in the Decorah Community School District, to to know that they are valued and they have some of the most important jobs in our community. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Teachers, staff, uh, employees. I was just telling my daughter this morning, Chad Elliott is somebody I grew up with as well. And um, she was making a comment about school lunch. It's Friday. It's been a long week, right? Right, right, right. And I was like, hey, you know, that's, that's Mr. Chad. And he works really hard at making sure there's good food in the school. And she's like, oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> like, so, yes. It's everybody, right? It's, it's everybody. It's, it's everybody. teachers. It's but supporting staff. I can't, they make the uh, world go round. I had another friend I had uh, coffee with this morning who was telling me about his son that's going into education and college. And, and the, conver- I, the conversation literally out of my mouth was just like, why does he want to go into education? Like, I, that's a terrible thing to say. But truly, I, I have such a huge respect that anyone is, for all who are in education or anyone who wants to go into education, it's the most important thing we can do for young people. Um, but showing that support, I agree, is a huge thing. So yeah, it's an excellent point. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, Cindy Gunder, Development Director, Seed Savers Exchange, also uh, Vice President of the Core School Board. Uh, we're chatting here. A couple uh, fun questions on the way out, if you're willing. Great. Uh, dogs, cats, or fish? None. I have Ooh. I have house plants. I know I'm not nice. cold hearted. Good for you. I'm not cold hearted, but I am I am a plant enthusiast. I said no to pets for years. I'm allergic to cats. Can't do it. Uh, which is a great excuse. Uh, didn't think I could do dogs. Then I don't. Someone in our family figured out that doodles are hypoallergenic. Um, front end of the pandemic, we have a three and a half year old Bernadoodle, Athena. She's cute. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what happens. <laughs> Finn, Finn the goldfish had a great life. Finn, Finn is in the big goldfish in the sky now. Yeah, plants are wonderful pets. They're really quiet, mm-hmm. peaceful most mm-hmm. of the time. It's, they are. They're lovely. They bring me a lot of joy. That's excellent. Um, last question, what's the perfect Saturday look like? Any, any thoughts? I can answer that with 100% confidence. Yes. The perfect Saturday involves... An early morning yoga session at Driftless Yoga with Larie Showweiler. Awesome. Followed by a day with my family, either on bicycles or on our feet, exploring the Driftless area. Um, We found that we can recreate all day long and have eat local fare and um, really find a lot of joy close to home. So that is spectacular. I'm, uh, you know, we're in a busy stretch of life with two teenagers in our house that mm. are involved in a lot of sports and activities. So no when kidding. we have a Saturday that we can spend as a family of four um, adventuring, those are, those are really treasured. I love that. And for anyone who's listening, that's not immediately in the decor area, come on up for a weekend. Absolutely. You can do the same. <laughs> Maybe you'll want to stay. <laughs> 
Cindy, thanks so much for taking time on your schedule to be here, uh, taking time to chat. Uh, it's been so fun to have this conversation. Uh, I'll encourage people again to check out the Seed Savers Exchange, seedsavers.org. Become a member, find out more, check out everything that's there. Go visit the farm, come make a trip. Uh, it's totally worth your time. Uh, thank you to everybody out there who is a public servant uh, and willing to serve, and especially to you, Cindy, for serving our school board and, uh, and all of that. So thank you for being here. Thanks for the invite. You bet. Thanks. You are listening to Rhymes with Decora, a companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm your host, Benji Nichols. Find all of our shows at decora.fun. That's it. That's the URL. Type it in, decora, D-E-C-O-R-A-H dot F-U-N. They're all there. You can check them out. If you've enjoyed the music on this show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. Nick is a drummer. He's a decoran. He's a dad. Those are three Ds. We love it. Uh, find him online at Indicative of Drumming. He's on TikTok, Patreon, all the above. Thanks for being here. See you next time on Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.